Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And I'm Shelby, and I'm here with Matt. Thank you for being here today. <laughs> oh, what's that from? Thank you for being here today. <laughs> Practice it with me, Shelby. <laughs> Thank you for being here today. Oh, that's great. Is that your only Anne Hathaway reference? Is that? Oh is that no. Your <laughs> You, you are in for a yeah. world of, of quotes. <laughs> I guess that's a good way to start because this week on PS You're Wrong, we're doing something a little different. Um, when we started this podcast, we figured we should spice things up every now and then. And so since Matt has a fall birthday and I yeah. have a spring birthday, we figured we'd do these biannual episodes where we kind of pick a person to focus on instead of a movie or a pop culture event current right now. So <laughs> what are we talking about, Matt? Yeah, since it is my <laughs> birthday and I got to pick out of all of the actors and actresses in the world, who should yes. we talk about? And I picked the great <laughs> Anne Hathaway. Oh, uh, yes. Such a controversial person. I, it's so weird to me that she has such she has such a vitriolic, like split on people who love her people who hate her but i'm excited to talk about her you know she's been around for quite a while i like did not remember that a princess diaries came out in 2001 it's like a lifetime ago i know 17 years worth of anne hathaway movies and there are a lot of good ones (laughs) there are some very strange random ones there's a couple bad ones in the mix sorry (laughs) Anne. um and we are gonna touch on we are going to just like go through them all and just talk about her life and all of the controversy around the half a haters Mm, mm, and her mm. Oscar win and just so much stuff to talk about. So much. But do we have any good news about us before we get into stuff with her? Uh, Yes, we do. Because (laughs) one lovely individual wrote us a review. Um, It came true. I know. Way to go. (laughs) The person's name is... My Ren Fierce. Okay. I, I, it sort of looks like Marion, but the I is before the R, so I don't <laughs> I don't know if it is if it's like a weird spelling of Marion or if it's something else. You but... can't call people who give us reviews weird. It's just that's just rude. Oh, <laughs> it's a it's an artistic it's spelling really of Marion. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I like it. I'm into yeah. it. Um, her review is entitled "The Freak Ya," and she says, or he, or I guess it could be he. Yeah. I don't know. I'm assuming with the Marion connection, but it could be a guy. And there's guys named Marion. <laughs> I want to say John Wayne just, is named Marion. Yeah. Yeah. Just touch all your bases. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the actual <laughs> review, the important part, says, I love listening to this podcast. I love pop culture and hearing other people's opinions about it. Even yes. more, I love their Instagram and Twitter presence. Keep oh, it up, y'all. And then three yeah. heart emojis. Stop. Oh, my gosh. I have a fan. <laughs> I know. That's all you. Shelby does all the social media. And then I just respond to it as myself. <laughs> so, yeah. That is so sweet. I'm so glad. We're slowly picking up steam. I mean, we started with zero Twitter followers and now we have like yes. 70. So <laughs> And this week we got we have a verified follower who now follows oh, us. Oh yes. I know. It was so exciting. 
We're not sure who he is, but he is verified. <laughs> but and he has that blue check mark, and it is a yes. sight to behold. He also followed me after he followed the Instagram or the like podcast Twitter. Oh, wow. So I don't know what that means, but you know, I'll take fan, it. So. Yeah, it's Miriam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it's him. <laughs> he he just goes by Jim on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he's a Ugh. celebrity, so when he leaves reviews, he has yes, to use yes, yes, incognito. But if you are listening to our podcast and enjoying it, you can also go and write a review, or you can follow us on our apparently awesome <laughs> yes. social media platforms. We are PS You're Wrong on all of them. Yes, we are. We have fun. Also. <laughs> I keep forgetting to do this, but if you, the intro music that we have is by my brother, John oh, yeah. Huck, so, um, so shout out to him Claps again. for I, John. We, yes. <laughs> Integral part of the podcast uh, really in designing that tone, for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I would, there was no way that I was going to be able to come up with something. So <laughs> I know. Oh, it's great though. I've heard multiple compliments on it. So thanks for the yes. shout out. We're just yes. talking about all sorts of celebrities on this podcast today. Yes. <laughs> Maybe someday he'll be a famous DJ and then, you know. <laughs> yeah. He'll be like, I started on the P.S. You're Wrong jingle, so. <laughs> yes, yes. He'll mention us on Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but speaking of celebrities, we thought um, in lieu of our usual Tell Me Something I Don't Know segment, since we're focusing in a broader scope on Anne Hathaway, we figured we could start off this week talking about some of our um, celebrity encounters. Yes, celebrities that we have met or seen. Since I live in New York now and, and Shelby used to live in New York, I feel yeah. like we have more of these than the average person. And I will just <laughs> say up front that I have had multiple dreams of like celebrity <laughs> encounters with Anne Hathaway, uh, but I have Whoa. never seen her. So. Stalker alert. I know. <laughs> I had a dream a that... Um, that I like I was at like a coffee shop and she was mm-hmm. like in front of me and I was trying to like come up with something to say to her <laughs> and and then like I couldn't because I would get nervous and then she left and I realized <laughs> cool. that she had dropped her credit card and so oh. I picked it up and I chased her out of the coffee shop and I was like Anne Anne you <laughs> forgot your credit card and she was just so thankful that we became lifelong friends so oh my gosh that is so it exciting. could still happen yeah, it could have been a prophetic universe. dream I know I have dreams about Taylor Swift all the time so <laughs> Uh, but you met Taylor Swift. But it came true. Yes, I know. It's my biggest claim to fame. You know, it was like such a surreal moment. But it wasn't really like, you know, when you talk celebrity encounters, it's usually like like you like you imagined, like, oh, running into him at a coffee shop or something. So with Taylor Swift, I won a contest um, to go to her 1989 album release taping. So she always premieres her new album cover and her first single on like a TV show or a webinar. And so she had this New York specific contest where it was like, enter to win a chance to do something we're not going to tell you anything about, but just trust us. And so I, being a Taylor Swift fan, figured I'd try. And it was sort of a weird contest because it asked just for your like, there's like a Taylor Swift 
like fan site. So it asked for your account on that, which I didn't have. It asked for your Tumblr, which I didn't have. And it asked for your Twitter, <laughs> which I had like 20 followers on. And I'd never, ever tweeted about Taylor Swift because this was back when I was pretending to be normal and like never admitted I was <laughs> such a huge fangirl. <laughs> And so anyways, somehow through a fluke, I won and with like 80 other people who were all weeping at the idea of like being in the same presence <laughs> as Taylor. I was just like, oh my gosh. But I went to this taping. She was there. There's a gif of us dancing together. It was just so surreal. And then she, of course, being the gracious, perfect human being we all love and adore, invited us to her New York apartment in Tribeca to have pizza and ogle her cats and and have a dance party and take photos with her various awards. It was a wild, wild night, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was like dreams came true left and right. She was like in her kitchen once and she's like, does anyone want a Coke? And she like opens her fridge and it's just full of Cokes, you know, hashtag ad. And I was like, I didn't want one, but I was like, when Taylor Swift asks you something, you just say yes. And so I said yes. And she locked eyes with me. And she was like, okay, here. And she just picked up a can and handed it to me. And like our fingers grazed. And it was just like, <laughs> you know, like it was like, <laughs> what? Did you keep the can? Do you still have it? No, I didn't. I felt like it'd be weird to leave her house like carrying trash, you know? Like I just, I mean, I, was in, <laughs> I don't I was know. In such a state. I was just like delirious throughout. It felt like a fever dream. I was just like, there was one time where she was like crowded around, like people were crowded around her in her living room and she was like passing out Grammys for people to hold. And I noticed her dress tag was like sticking out. So I was just like, oh, what do girls do? And I just reached over and like gently put her tag back and like, you know, just like, <laughs> and I, I was like, wait, what did I just do? And she just like turned slowly and she's like, thank you. And I was like, oh, you're welcome. Like I can do this full time if you want. It's it's fine. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> crazy but I was very tongue-tied and awkward and like she said goodbye to everyone one at a time as we were leaving and she gave us like a grab bag of goodies and I was just like stumbling to say like oh like I just moved to New York too and like you just released this you know like you just moved to New York and sort of some embarrassing thing and we both didn't like know how to like end it and she just like fired some finger guns and was like see you later <laughs> it's like no i'll never yeah. see you again yeah. i'm like okay taylor yeah sure i'll be back tomorrow yeah but it was yeah nothing's ever come close to that experience but it was wow. pretty wild that's crazy i know i was like I went to work that morning because they had this whole, they were like, don't tell a soul. Like, if you tell anyone what you're doing, we'll find out and we'll kick you out. And so I was really nervous, but I was like, I was like, okay, I'm going to call in sick or something, but I didn't know what to do. And so finally I like just went into work and I just like, um, so I like won this contest. It's like chill, but can I leave? And they're like, oh yeah, sure. And I don't think they realized like what I was about, what was about to happen. Like, I don't think anyone in the world realized because she'd never done the like invite fans to her house yet thing yet. And so everyone's just like, oh, okay, cool. And then the next day I showed up with this Polaroid of me and Taylor and everyone was like WTF like why'd you downplay that and I was like I, was just, I couldn't tell anyone you know 
Oh, that's crazy. I know. It's like we started off strong, but like, what? Have you had a celebrity encounter or, you know, ever got to meet your idol? I mean, nothing, nothing close (laughs) to that level. I mean, I feel like I see people on the streets all the time. Like I've seen Forrest Whitaker and Jessica Wang and um, Gerard Butler and Ben Stiller. Like lots of people on the streets. But nobody, I feel like that I've ever... Nobody that I've seen has been somebody who I feel like I have a particular strong interest true, in. Yeah. And I don't want I don't want to be the person who like goes up to Gerard Butler and is like, can I get a picture <laughs> of you despite the fact that I like don't really care about him at all? <laughs> yeah. I I tell myself that if I ever met somebody that I was like truly or saw somebody that I was like invested in, I would like very like calmly and go up to them and be like, I just like don't want to interrupt you, but I just want to say that like your work means a lot to me and like thank Aww. you for that. I'm sure Aww. that I would be a disaster in the actual <laughs> doing of that but in my mind it seems really good yeah well did you get to have you ever gotten to say hi to anyone or you just kind of see them fly by i mean like the office that i work at that shelby used to work at Uh represents nick offerman so i've like met him a couple of times and he's like hugged me and stuff which is cool yeah he's great but i feel like the most interesting and slightly dark (laughs) celebrity encounter that i have ever had was like I guess it was last two years ago in two years ago I think I uh, bought tickets to go see this play in New York and I I showed up and I was just like sitting there and uh, lo and behold who walks in and sits in front of me but Ansel Elgort the <laughs> guy from the Fault the in DJ, Our Stars right? yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he's, like, a singer now, I think, too, from Baby Driver. <laughs> yeah. uh, him and his girlfriend, like, come in. They're sitting down in front of me, like, making out hardcore. Like, like <laughs> literally, the seat's, like, right in front of mine. And I'm sitting there so awkward, like, what do I do? Like, I sort of want to take a picture of this. But, like, obviously, it's going to be, like, very apparent that I am taking a picture of them. <laughs> so I, like, kept it chill. And I turn over to my right. And lo and behold, who walks in and sits down next to them but Kevin Spacey. And I was like, and this was before Kevin Spacey came out as like a real creep. So I was like, oh my gosh, like two celebrities are sitting right (laughs) down in front of me. And they were like talking. And I was trying to figure out like, this is such a weird combination of people to go see a play together of like Ansel Elgort, who's only been in the fall of our stars and Kevin Spacey. Well, turns out that they were in Baby baby driver together so i think that's how they knew each other but but i was just like so like off the entire show because i was mostly (laughs) watching the two of them and being like like how are they interacting in this (laughs) and it only happened a year later that it was like oh kevin spacey like hits on young men like clearly (laughs) this was one of his like grooming sessions where he was trying to like get Ansel Elgort back okay, to his apartment. Yeah. <laughs> and and I was like, uh, this just like it went from a really good celebrity story to like a slightly terrifying yeah. celebrity story real quick. Yeah, they're both I mean Kevin Spacey is like a, a different breed of awful, but like Ansel is also one who's just like just like a weirdo. He's like DJ Hansel or something and it's just like 
I'm sorry that those are your only two, you know, that you close encounters with. I mean, I did not say a word to them. I just sat there and was like, and then I remember very distinctly, like they were sort of milling around outside the theater as I was leaving. I think they were waiting for a car or something. And Mm -hmm. Kevin Spacey was wearing like maroon vans. And I was like, these seem like a weird shoe choice for Kevin Spacey to be wearing. But like, I, you know, I don't know, I guess like wear whatever shoes you want to wear. Comfortable. Yeah. I never really got to run into anyone like in New York, except one time we, we, I was with a bunch of friends in the East Village and we were walking around and my friend goes, that was Emma Stone. And we all did like the most (sighs) embarrassing thing. And we just looped right back around the block to like double check that it was her. (laughs) And we all were just standing there like, oh, like we were standing outside a restaurant. So we were trying to look like cool, you know, but. So she was in the restaurant? No, she was outside talking to someone on the sidewalk. And we were like, should we like say something? Like, should we just go up and be chill with her? But she was talking to someone. So we were kind of waiting to see if they'd split up or something. And then my one friend who was there just got so impatient with us girls. He's like, she is just a person and stormed <laughs> off. And, like, <laughs> and so we had to give up the dream. Uh. That's a that's a bummer. (laughs) The I was at Disney World once, and we were at this. It was me and like my extended family. My aunt was there, and we had we were going to this like concert, and Monique Coleman from High School Musical was (laughs) like reading, was like doing a reading or whatever, like leading this (laughs) concert. And my aunt, who like had never seen a celebrity before, was like very invested on like we need to like get a picture. With her, and we're like, or Aunt Barbara, like, do you even know who this is? She's like, well, she was in High School Musical, like, like we got to get a picture with her. So we all had to like wait outside of this like concert venue for her oh. to like walk <laughs> out and say hi to us. But it's Disney World, so like she doesn't. I mean, there's like a bazillion people around. <laughs> Like, she doesn't want to talk to all of these people. So she comes out the back door wearing, like, sunglasses and a hat and, like, has a bodyguard and kind of goes the other direction. And my aunt, like, sort of sees her across the way leaving and literally screams and starts (laughs) running after her going, Monique, Monique, like, shouting, running after this person. We're like, you don't even know who this is. And you're, like, chasing down this woman. And later that night, we were like, Aunt Barbara, like, what were you doing? She's like, yeah, I was just, like, I just, like, lost myself. I was taking over by the fact that there was a celebrity there like i don't even care but i was so invested in it oh that's funny celebrities Mm. man they make just just acts totally insane i think yeah it's just a weird if i ever if i ever met anne hathaway it would like it would be an unmitigated uh, (laughs) like horrendous situation yeah You'd just be like, thank you for being here today. Yes. I'd probably like to start quoting. I'd be like, Lana got coned. Lana got coned. Lana got coned. And she'd be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think she seems sincere enough that she'd probably be very, very nice. She'd probably be very flattered and kind. So. Yes. She's a very you know. poised person, I feel like. Yeah. I I don't think she's one of those people who's like, I'm having a bad day, don't talk to me. <laughs> you know, you hear stories yeah. about someone like hauling off and shouting at like somebody right. at a restaurant, but I don't <laughs> think that she would be that way. I think she'd be very gracious. I know. So how did you, getting into the heart of it, I guess, how did you decide on Anne Hathaway? 
So I was trying to, really, it wasn't a very hard decision, but I was <laughs> trying to pick somebody who had a lot of movies out that I had seen a lot of their movies so that mm-hmm. I could like really talk about their full career. And I thought like, oh, you know, if I pick somebody like Bill Murray or Robin Williams, someone who I really do like, but like has so many movies and a lot of them that came out before I was born or like when I wasn't, you know, when I was a kid, I thought it would be hard. I would have to like rewatch a bunch of things. But Mm -hmm. Anne Hathaway's movie career really did not start until like 2000s, which is when I was ripe for watching movies. And so I've seen the majority of her films. Yeah. Also, the, the, the bigger reason is that throughout middle school and high school, I had a huge crush on Anne Hathaway. Like she was like my celebrity crush. I talked about it all of the time and everybody in the school like knew that this, like this is a well-established thing. Like Matthew <laughs> Huff loves Anne Hathaway. Like we all know about it. Uh, like he goes and sees all the movies. Like he can quote all of Princess Diaries. Like it was a thing. So it was Princess Diaries. Was that like, when did you get a crush? Like, what was your sexual awakening I, with Anne? <laughs> I, I think it was... I mean, I I didn't see Princess Diaries right when it came out. I don't think oh. I saw that until, like, it was out on DVD and, like, a friend had it or something. Mm-hmm. But I, like, very clearly... This is going to be weird. Uh, <laughs> like, remember watching Get Smart, which is her and Steve Carell <laughs> in, like, this spy movie? And she's kind of, like, this, like, sexy action hero and being, like wow like this is like <laughs> this is very hot like i i like completely overwhelmed by this so then i sort of like went back and found like a love for all of her movies before that that i hadn't really seen yeah. and i like watched i've seen most of her movies going forward just because like you know i was obsessed with her but this all culminated in my 16 at my 16th birthday party where multiple people gave me gifts like separate of each other that were like strange Anne Hathaway themed things. (laughs) Like I got cards with like pictures of like her, like my head photoshopped on like her then boyfriend's body, like lots of weird things like that. And one of my friends like searched online to figure out what Anne Hathaway's favorite bands were and made me a (laughs) mixtape that was like all of Anne Hathaway's favorite songs. word. (laughs) So... So that's the level of obsession. Taking quite a turn. Yeah. (laughs) You are definitely going to be put on a list. You you did not realize what you had signed up for, Shelby. I know. It's just like, whoa, this is some psycho stuff. But But that that was in high school. I definitely like like toned down in college. You know, like I'm. I feel like I'm at a normal a normal. I mean, I'm still a fan, but like a normal level now. You know, she's married. She has a kid. It's like you know. So you realized it wasn't going to happen, and you you took the step back like a good gentleman. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now yeah. I'm now I'm sort of like, uh, when our podcast takes off and like we become <laughs> famous, then we'll hobnob with Anne and like I'll be a good close yeah. friend of hers and call oh, her okay. Annie because that's yeah. what all of her yeah. friends call her, you know, Annie. Yeah, so for sure, it'll be great. I look forward to that definitely a hundred percent. So I mean, I I definitely grew up watching Anne Hathaway. Like I I love Princess Diaries when it first came out. All the early hitters, you know, Becoming Jane, Ella Enchanted even. Like, I just was very aware. But Anne Hathaway became 
a really interesting person to me during the like half a haters phase in the 2013s. Man, I could write a, (laughs) like a, I don't even know, like an essay if I was still in school, this would be like my, my thesis. I would just love, I love the tale of the half a hate and the rise and fall and rise again of Anne Hathaway. It's just, she has had, she has had a really interesting career, not only with her films, but in the pop culture setting where, you know, people all have opinions on Anne Hathaway and they all came to a head in a really dramatic way during 2013. So yeah, it's, it's very strange. And something that like, I was at college during that point and sort of had like, you know, when you're in school, I feel like you lose sight of anything that's like not happening on your campus. So I remember <laughs> at some point having a conversation with somebody and they were like, yeah, like people don't like Anne Hathaway. And I was like, what? Like, what? You're like, like wait, this happen? what? Like, this you're is... wearing your Mia Thermopolis print yes. t-shirt and yeah. you're like, oh my God. I was like, uh, excuse me. She's a, she's a great singer. She's a great <laughs> actress. She's, uh, she's very smart. She's funny, but she can also <laughs> do drama. She's and also she's done sexy. great action stunts yeah. in movies such as The Dark Knight Rises. Like, what is not to like about this person clearly she's the best actress of this generation so <laughs> yeah. what are you saying people don't like her yeah <laughs> yeah no it was crazy I mean I think that is just I mean one it speaks to like our relationship with celebrity culture because we do it all the time to female artists like you see the same sort of thing happen with Jennifer Lawrence Taylor Swift like we take these stars we're like oh they're great they're beautiful let's Let's like see how great they do. And then when they become too great, you're like, oh, they're so annoying. They're everywhere. Why are they in my face? They just suck. I hate them. And they have to disappear. And then suddenly it's like, oh, why did anyone think this of them? They're so talented. And then they yeah. trickle back in. It's just. So set this up for us a little bit. Like, what <laughs> are the half the haters? Like, what? Like, when did this happen? Why did this happen? Who oh, are these people? Word. What are they yes. saying? Yes. Well, so, oh man, it's just like so much to unpack. But basically, you had Anne Hathaway, like in her early years, she had like a fan glove, you know, she had devil, oh, what is it called? The The Devil Wears Prada. Prada. And she had like a growing fan base. She had like a sad um, situation with her boyfriend getting arrested. People were really like feeling her. And then she started to get successful because she um, was in Les Mis which yes. everyone was like, oh, she's going to win an Oscar. And suddenly it became like this thing where she was too thirsty. And I was looking through old articles like around this time. I was doing a Google search for like 2012 to 2013. And like the years before that, Anne Hathaway barely had like any hits in like Google. But suddenly every single article was basically like, like this is an actual article headline why is anna hathaway so unlikable new york, new york times do we really hate anne hathaway and then 2013 why does everyone hate anne hathaway cnn wrote why you love to hate anne hathaway uk express why is anne hathaway the most hated star in hollywood the cut is like why do women hate anne hathaway the mic is saying why do so many people hate anne hathaway everyone has this hot take on anne hathaway all the articles are just like Everyone hates Anne Hathaway. The pop science, like a pop science, they do like science articles, wrote the science of hating Anne Hathaway. (laughs) It was just like everyone had to talk about it. And so it was all around this time where people thought she was 
coming off too strong and too earnestly and she was too thirsty and she got labeled like a theater kid which became this insult it was this idea that she was too like chirpy and like just way too enthusiastic about her work which is annoying because around the same time you had Kristen Stewart who was getting flack for not being invested in her work she wasn't interested whenever she showed up at an awards show or a red carpet everyone's just like man why doesn't she like her job and then Anne Hathaway breezes in with her megawatt smile and she's just like oh my gosh I can't believe this is happening for me and everyone's just like oh I roll and that smile though that's yeah like (laughs) those those are some good teeth yeah (laughs) that's it that's why you love her it's the teeth i mean the teeth get me every time (laughs) so weird but it was just like i think that's what was most frustrating is people didn't really have a reason to ape and like it was just based on these like reactions to her existing it wasn't about her movies everyone agreed she was great in dark knight rises everyone agreed she was great in les mes everyone like liked her work but they were just put off by her as a person which is really sad and it all came to a head when she like won a golden globes for les mes and people just like it was it was bad i don't know if you watched that award ceremony but she so she won she gave her speech and during her golden gold speech where she said something like about how she would forevermore use this award as a weapon against like self-hatred or something yes there was this uptick in tweets about her there were 19,685 tweets per minute while she was on the stage about her oh my gosh and people just were like oh she's gross and then when the ensemble won, she went back on stage and took the mic before the director could and was like, I forgot to thank so-and-so. And so she sort of, <laughs> people thought she was butting in and they were just like, ew, classic and like gross, I ate her. And then, of course, you move to the Oscars <laughs> where she won. she showed up in a dress no one liked with the seams that made her nipples look hard. And people were just like, oh, gross, she's trying so hard. And this is the same year Jennifer Lawrence showed up in her princess gown and was just talking about how hungry she was and was just like, oh, I'm so relatable. And so compared to Anne Hathaway, who was like, it's such an honor to be here. I'm like so poised and well-spoken. People just hated her. And so when she won and she got up and she gave her iconic little whispered it came true people were just like over it and so it really just fell apart for her like she had to kind of go into hiding and she kind of disappeared for a couple years didn't take on any major roles and she said that a lot of people weren't calling her for roles because she had all this baggage around her persona I mean even talking about it now it's just so like crazy sexist because you compare her to you know, any of these male stars who were difficult on set or did truly awful things and they were getting calls for work. Or Hugh Jackman, who was on the same Les Mis promo tour talking about how he was losing weight for the role, wasn't painted as the same whiny, unthankful, like dramatic brat. And watching this unfold in my, you know, I was in college, my feminist was coming to life inside of me and I was like man this is just rubbing me the wrong way like everyone is talking trash about her but they have no reason 
to hate her, but they're just riding this popular wave, this train of thought of just like piling on her so bad. Like it was like, there were so many disturbing articles about, ew, I just hate her face. I hate her. I hate her smile. I hate how, how pretty she sounds. I hate how well-spoken she is. It was just like this ugly, jealous rage yeah. that fueled everyone. Well, and it's an interesting form of sexism because I feel like it predominantly came from women. I think when we yeah. think about, usually in Hollywood, it's that you have all of these like gross male producers and critics who kind of like shoehorn these like girls into boxes and if they're not a certain thing then like we don't want them there you're either like the mom character or you're like the hot ingenue and like there's no in between but it's interesting that in a moment where it seems like Anne Hathaway is maybe like breaking out of those boxes that then you have this whole other set of people who are like no we hate you predominantly because you're just like too good at things. And we think that that must be fake. Like you can't be this like charming and happy and pleased and good at acting and funny and beautiful. Like, like it must be fake. And so therefore we're going to hate you for it. It's a weird dichotomy. I know there are so many layers to it too, because yeah, you have this, like, I hate her because she's talented. She's rich. She's successful. She's beautiful. But you also have like, there was so much comparison between her and Jennifer Lawrence at this time because people just kept pitting them against each other. News articles from men and women, like everyone was just talking about the comparison between the two. And instead of just being like, oh, these two women are reacting to fame in different ways. It was like, isn't Jennifer Lawrence better than Anne Hathaway? Isn't she more fun and interesting? And wouldn't you rather be best friends with Jennifer? And it was just like, it fed this machine of like, wait, there can only be one star at a time. There can only be one it girl. And unfortunately, (laughs) she was on the downswing. Yeah, and that is so strange because the same, literally the exact same thing happens to Jennifer (laughs) Lawrence like several years later. When they're comparing her to Anne Hathaway, they're like, oh, Jennifer Lawrence, so relatable. She like burped on camera or whatever. But (laughs) then, but then you look down the road to like 2015, 2016, and people are being like, oh, Jennifer Lawrence, she tries so hard. She's like, I'm relatable, (laughs) but it's all just like an act. And, and she's not actually even that good. She's just like annoying and her clawing to try to be like us but she's not like us she's a celebrity I know yeah and it's like I saw in this article one of the ones I was reading from back in 2014 or something that was like Anne Hathaway is the Taylor Swift of Hollywood and I wondered how you felt about that because you kind of find Taylor Swift sort of the same kind of annoying that people found Anne Hathaway and that she's like comes off calculated and sort of insincere and she's manipulative of certain scenarios maybe (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get too far down the <laughs> rabbit hole because I could talk about this also for a while. <laughs> I think that the interesting difference, though, is that Anne Hathaway, it seems like there's not there's not like specific like controversies right. that you can really point to. It's just sort of like people are looking at her general persona and being like, well, like she's too good to be true. There must be something going on here. Where mm-hmm. with Taylor Swift, at least, there's like very specific things with like her interactions with Kanye West, her interactions with Nicki Minaj, where it's like whether or not you think that she's in the wrong <laughs> for those things, like you can point to them and say, That's this true. is maybe why people are annoyed with her. But with Anne Hathaway, like I can't think of one thing where it's like yes this is where she screwed up it's just a lot of these little yeah yeah, these like 
well, she rubbed me the wrong way in an interview kind of a thing. Yeah. Well, that's what's crazy, too, is like, it's not about her work. It's not about her personal life. It's just her existing and people just reacted badly to it because, I mean, there is this New Yorker article that like literally started out like, oh, Anne, with your small head and pert nose and oversized ready smile and glossy pixie cut and squeakily tuneful speaking voice, uttering lines like it came true. Like, why are you so annoying? Like that is a literal (laughs) opening line of an article. Like it's not about anything real and you never see you would never see an article like about George Clooney or even like the annoying people that people put up with like Jesse Eisenberg like you would Uh. never see an article that starts out like nitpicking someone's face someone's voice or someone's personality without even bothering to get into like oh they did this there was this controversy they said this thing it like really just boils down to this visceral reaction to a human being that you just decidedly don't like. Yeah, it's very, it's oh, just very, very interesting. Weird. Well, maybe let's get into her filmography and we can kind of go yes. through her career. And I'm sure that this will all come back up as we're marching <laughs> through does. the timeline. But yeah. so her first, her first appearance, everybody thinks that her first movie was well, her first movie, I guess, was The Princess Diaries, which is obviously like her big coming out party. But yes. I did not realize this. For a year prior to Princess Diaries, she was on a one season long Fox TV show called Get Real, which uh, seems like it could have been stripped right out of the that list of pilots that we watched a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Um it looked terrible. I tried <laughs> to find episodes of this online and I could not. They have buried this so far. Yeah. Like, I am good at finding things online. And like, <laughs> I could not find it illegally. I could not find it on Reddit. I could not find it anywhere. On YouTube, yeah. there was like a short little clip reel of like scenes that she is in. And it is like... This is us on crack cocaine. Like it is the most insane <laughs> plot lines. They're like they're talking about like a, somebody's in a coma. Like there's like a, a like a child rape scene. Like all kinds of oh. crazy things are going on. And it was her and Jesse Eisenberg as like oh. these kids <laughs> in this family that lived out in California. It it, just, it looked insane. I I like desperately <laughs> want to watch it just for like the craziness of it. But but you can't buy it on Amazon. You can't do anything. I think like the only I, place it still exists is somebody's like VHS recordings in like a basement it, yeah. somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting too because like I said, I was a huge Princess Diaries fan. We got the directors like we watched the directors. What is it called? The talk. Like, the commentary. Talk commentary. And in it, they just like paint this picture of, oh, yeah, we discovered her. We found her. She was nothing. We just found her like in a mall or something dramatic. And they really try to paint home this picture that this is her breakout role, which it was. But it kind of like did hide the fact that, yeah, she was on this TV show. And not only that, her film that came out after The Princess Diaries, um, The Other Side of Heaven, had actually been filmed a year or two before um, The Princess Diaries. So she had been on her way up, but they kind of just tried to reframe it a little with her, you know, breakout starring role in The Princess Diaries, which I understand because it's just such a good movie. (laughs) It it is. She does have like a sort of interesting career arc, though, because 
I think people sort of think of her as like a child actor, but she didn't really start acting until like after high school or like the tail end of high school. She like grew up in New Jersey and I think had like a fairly normal life until until she started getting these roles as like a late teenager. So Mm -hmm. it's a little it's so different, I think, from the normal like Disney Channel star route where, you know, (laughs) someone starts when they're like 12. And then by the time they're like 18, they're like a hot mess. I think she sort of like came into this like, this is my career. I'm like very poised, even in sort of the special features like interview that I was watching with her and Jesse Eisenberg just like a weird combination he is like spastic as all get out and so strange and she is sitting there like so like proper (laughs) and professional and like answering the questions very intelligently well because her mom was a theater actress right i don't know like how big or like how far but i think she grew up like in the theater world and so you can see kind of how that difference like she wasn't just picked up at a mall and like told she was going to be a disney star she kind of like grew up watching people work to be on these really prestigious stages and she's like oh yes i will be an actress now too and i'm ready to enter this universe of hollywood she's like she is kind of dorky and like i remember the special features on the princess diaries all the like bloopers like she's a dork and She's very different than your usual, like, it girl, like, pretty new Hollywood starlet. Like, she's just kind of is that theater kid that just, she's just a total nerd. And she's so funny. Like, I think people forget that (laughs) Anne Hathaway is, like, can do funny roles because she's been in so many serious things lately. But, like, The Princess Diaries is a hysterical movie, and she (laughs) is so funny in it. And... Like, through the first half of her career, she's in a lot of comedies, and I think she pulls them off really well. It's not one of those weird things where it's like, we need a a pretty person to be in this comedy, so we're going to shoehorn it in. I mean, the first half of Princess Diaries, obviously, she's playing, like, a very, (laughs) uh, like, nerdy, like... (laughs) unattractive quote-unquote person yeah yeah yeah. with that huge wig and (laughs) the best special features is like in the bloopers where she's in like a soccer net and the wig gets caught (laughs) and like comes off while she's doing the scene it's so funny yeah i think people like their stars to be a little damaged to be a little like problematic and interesting but she is she's just having fun she knows how to work the room she'll be respectful when she needs to she like matures easily and we didn't see her as a young girl so she is just a mature star and she's just like in control of whatever environment she's in and she does like play into those strengths really easily that I think that's where the resentment comes from it's like how can one person do it all you know because she does have great comedic timing she has this beautiful smile she seems young and yet very mature at the same time and I mean, I don't know if you saw The Other Side of Heaven, but that was a big movie in my circle. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's about Mormons, so we loved it, but <laughs> she doesn't, she's not really in it, really. She's like on the cover and then makes a few appearances, but. Yeah, I think that was, I think that was like the example of we made this movie and then she, we like saw that she was going to be a big (laughs) star in Princess Diaries. So then they like quickly like put her in as much marketing as possible for the movie. Yeah, they did. They did. They really did. (laughs) No, I I definitely saw that. And I also, um, so, so then after that, she's in Nicholas Nickleby, which is like a Dickens adaption. And I think she has a pretty small part in that as well. Yes. 
Yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's just like every other, I don't know, you have all those Edwardian style, like, historical fiction films. She just wears pretty dresses and looks demurely at the camera and she's there. So... (laughs) And then we get the often maligned Ella Enchanted uh, (laughs) movie, which first first off, it introduces us to the fact that Anne Hathaway can sing really well, which I think did not come across in Princess Diaries, (laughs) but will also be a theme throughout the basically the rest of her career that they keep putting her in these roles where like she's going to have to sing. I read the book after I saw the movie, but yes. I think this is also a funny movie. Like, I <laughs> I do not hate Ella Enchanted. Maybe I that's bias. Admit, no, I had the same. I didn't read it either before seeing the movie. I can see exactly why people hate this film, but yes. I did enjoy it. And I think part of it was like huge dancey was yes. part of my sexual awakening. So. <laughs> It was like a big moment for me. Like so, we were both here. And- <laughs> yeah, when she's like tying a bandage yeah, on his arm or whatever, a, bait, a paper cut, basically. But yes, it was necessary. It was perfect. It was like, whoa, Anne Hathaway's grown up, and who is this hunk? You know. Well, and again, she's really funny in this because she's playing this person who has to do everything that anyone tells her to, <laughs> but she's like struggling with it, and it leads to a lot of really, I don't know, I think funny moments, and then. <laughs> there's like dance numbers in there and singing it's oh, yeah, that's right. like what's not I did to watch like? it recently I mean it's watchable like that's the thing is like I mean even the Prince's Diaries got like a bunch of hate from critics it got like 34% on Rotten Tomatoes but there's still just like fun movies and sometimes you just have to take them for what they are you know so yes. yeah. if I can enjoy like Jurassic Park 2 The Lost World while also understanding it totally butchered the book, like maybe people can just relax yeah. about Ellen Chanted. Oh, I mean, I can it. see really if it was do. like your favorite book growing up and then they made this movie, like right. how you would not like it. it but is, yeah. but for a movie and for like a teen movie, <laughs> I think it's fine. I also really yeah. like Princess Diaries 2, which I know some oh, people yes. are which less on the board with. Which has the best of the Chris's, basically. Oh my yes. gosh. Did you know this was the first feature film he was he kissed a girl in like she got the first dibs on chris pine like oh my gosh like can you imagine being that like (laughs) lucky i guess that might just be me (laughs) but i loved him in this one it was another part of my whoa what is my type you know and it, it turned out to be scruffy like handsome brunette so <laughs> oh my gosh there you go also uh yeah. raven simone is in this like singing a song <laughs> oh it's a good one i also watched this one recently so i'm really just like an anne hathaway fan i guess i never really realized i will say that i have like an issue where as a my personality i am very like organized and like by the book and i was always upset in princess diaries too when she ends <laughs> up with chris pine and not that like very like gentlemanly prince that's <laughs> he in, is very that's nice in, yeah that's, i'm like oh, he's so sweet like what like what, yeah. just pick him he's so great he's like doing this yeah, exactly chris, how you're supposed to but chris pine like slinks into a room in like a blue button down and he's just like giving her eyes and you're just yeah like, oh, and they yes. fall in a fountain together <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but this is where I kind of lost touch with her because she suddenly 
veered into these very dramatic roles. Because in 2005, right, she starred in Havoc, which I yeah, think you recently yes, watched. Yes. I hadn't even heard of this. Well, I remember back in the day, like hearing hearing word that Anne Hathaway is like trying to break out <laughs> of, of her like princess roles. She's in this movie where she does like a nude scene and it was rated R. And so, you know, like good little child me was not allowed to see it. But I remember like hearing like, oh, she's in this R rated movie. I knew it was called Havoc, but I didn't really know anything about it. I also oddly knew that Josh Peck was in it, which he's only in it for like a scene. But I, but so I kind of had this in my mind, but I never watched it and never really like heard anything about it. And when we were doing research for this podcast, I was like, okay, I'm going to go back and watch this movie. Well, so turns out it is terrible. And it basically was straight to DVD because of how bad it was. And Anne, and they like fired the director halfway through and Anne Hathaway was like, I'm not doing any press for this movie. So they basically just like put it out on DVD and nobody ever saw it. But if you love a good train wreck of a movie, this is prime watching. Anne Hathaway's in it. It's racist though, right? It's a little bit. I mean, mean, it definitely is. is Basically, like, some lines aren't meant to be crossed, meaning, like, (laughs) literally going into the gang culture of LA. It's like. (laughs) So, so Anne Hathaway's in it. Joseph Gordon-Levin's in it, Channing Tatum's in it, Josh Peck is in it. There's a lot of like big name oh, wow. people for the fact that this movie did not get uh, like any publicity. <laughs> but basically, Anne Hathaway and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Channing, they're all part of this like really rich high school in like the Los Angeles area, and. Anne Hathaway says in this clip multiple times, it's like played back throughout the movie that like, they're not bad kids. They're just really bored. And so <laughs> basically they're so bored that they like form a, like a gang of these like rich white kids in like the suburbs. And <laughs> one night they decide like, it's so boring out here. Like, let's go downtown and like, see what like we can drum up. And through like a series <laughs> of events, Anne Hathaway and this group of like, rich prissy white friends gets like involved with this hispanic gang in downtown and it is just like a train wreck of a movie and nobody is good in it and Anne hathaway <laughs> says the n-word several times oh, no. so does joseph gordon levitt it is like it's a disaster <laughs> but the fact that all of these people are in this movie is like like watching it was mesmerizing just by how <laughs> how like That's bad and strange and weird it was and you know that they all have to be praying like please let nobody find this joseph gordon levitt (laughs) is one he says the n-word a number of times and also he's playing (laughs) like if you went to a like a rich white high school and we're like hey like can somebody do an impression of a gangster like that's literally what he is doing the entire movie it is so caricature and cringy like it it's almost unwatchable which is i'm sure why they didn't put it out hispanic gang no, he's part of like the oh. white kid gang, but it's very much like, yo, you must be tripping. Like, this is crazy. Like a lot of like that kind of thing, only much more explicit. And also there's like 50 nude scenes in this movie. Oh, wow. Anne Hathaway has her shirt off in like half of the film in lots of <laughs> scenes where that. it is not required at all. <laughs> so uh, I don't know how she got entangled in this other than she wanted to have a breakout role. But break. yeah. Yeah, it was it was something break. 
else. <laughs> so definitely put that on your watch list. Yes. If you yeah. Want, like a good like laugh, but also like a Ugh, this is right up your alley. <laughs> but the same year she really proved her dramatic acting chops because this was the year of Brokeback Mountain. Yes. Yes. Have you Which seen Brokeback I- Mountain? I did not see. I saw the YouTube clips enough to know a lot of, I can't quit you, that sort of thing. But I never saw it. (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't see this also when it came out, but I saw it later on down the road. And she is playing Jake Gyllenhaal's wife, I think. Yes, yes, it's Jake Gyllenhaal's wife. And she's kind of like, if I'm remembering correctly, she has like a business on the side she's like very like business she has this huge like wig that she is wearing in parts of the movie (laughs) she doesn't have a a huge role in it and she wasn't like nominated for any anything but i mean she does like a serviceable job and it's in a yeah a big like dramatic movie that did really well that year a lot of people thought it should have been the best picture so i think that she at this point has like proven herself okay like people will hire me for movies that aren't just like kids movies well and i remember a lot of the promotions for this film focused on like they had photos of her relationship with jake as the like poster yes to try and i don't know (laughs) straight wash or trick people into coming to see it yeah so it was pretty i mean she was played up a lot in the trailers and stuff but i didn't ever see the movie but i think people really liked her and michelle williams both in these roles and were kind of like wow these these pretty girls can also act like what a surprise. This and so, is crazy. Yeah, I was like, oh, and then things started to pick up for her for sure because then you move into The Devil Wears Prada in 2006, which was and is a huge hit. Like I just read a think piece about it today because it still like matters. It's still like a film people are discussing and dissecting and it's a great movie. It's a lot of fun. I would say that, like, if you talk to somebody and you're like, name one Anne Hathaway movie. If they don't (laughs) name The Princess Diaries, they're going to name The Devil Wears Prada. Like, those are her two, like, biggest movies. And she's she's good in The Devil Wears Prada. She gets to be funny. She gets to, you know, use, like, her more dramatic acting chops as well. It's really like a vehicle, I feel like, for... Emily Blunt and um, Meryl Streep, who are just so good in it. Yes. That I feel like Anne Hathaway a little bit like, like this I isn't know. my favorite Anne Hathaway movie, but it well, is such a good movie. Well, she had to play straight character. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, this is Emily Blunt's breakout role. Like, thank yes. heavens for this, because now we get her, and she's amazing, and I love it. And I watch clips today because I just can't get enough of Meryl Streep in this Anne Wintour-like role. But... Yeah, like Anne Hathaway is low on the list of reasons why this film is enjoyable. But to be a part of a film that still like matters this much is really cool. And like, I think the movie did a lot of things right in how, I mean, it discussed women and fashion. And I I just love it. I think it's a really smart film. and, And I think they still like she and Emily will still like make nods to it a lot because this was the moment where Anne Hathaway became like the it girl finally like yes. she moved past just the disney starlet type roles and was now like oh she's someone worth watching well and this is also i think where with this movie they started where they were like okay we can build a movie around anne hathaway like we can make yeah. her 
a leading lady because then in 2007 the next year she has becoming jane which is basically just like oh yeah it's just like all her like there's nothing well, else also james mcavoy who's like well, yeah. one of the best james and i love <laughs> ranking I james love that'll be another one. podcast i know <laughs> Just another, she got to star along some very great dudes, you know? You have the Hugh, the Chris, the Jake, and now James McAvoy. Like, homegirl is doing something right. Like, her agent is freaking killing it because he was a great part of this movie. On a completely irrelevant side note, (laughs) I got my hair cut this week, or like last week. So I did have long curly hair. Now I have like a real like short buzz cut. And my sister... Lovely as she is, sent me a picture of James McAvoy in Split and was like, You look like this now. That is so funny. And I was like, uh, like, I think this is an insult, but also, like, it's James McAvoy, so maybe it's a compliment. I don't know what you're. Yeah, Yeah, it's like, how often will you get to look like James McAvoy? You know, even at his worst, he's still James McAvoy, so (laughs) congratulations. Yeah. (laughs) That is funny. But yeah, I mean, this movie was one that, again, I saw because I grew up in a home of girls who love Pride and Prejudice, and like we would watch all the like BBC stuff, and so it was like, oh, Austin. It was okay. I don't think anyone really like loved it, but everyone was like, oh, Anne Hathaway can carry herself. Like she's constantly having to prove to critics that, wait, this pretty girl can actually carry a film. And so she did it again with this. Yeah, this is one of the few Anne Hathaway movies that I have not seen. Oh, really? (laughs) But yeah, and I've like... Yeah, it's fine. I've like meant to go back to it, but like, I don't know, just never have. But then in 2008... (laughs) It happens. It happens. Oh my god! Get smart. (laughs) She's playing Agent 99. She's jumping out of planes. She's shooting people. Ugh. And I was, I was hooked. I was hooked. I know. I was honestly like a little confused that she was Michael Scott's love interest. Yeah, that was strange. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it was a fun movie. My dad loved it. He was like dying laughing during like the Cone of Silence. Is that in the movie? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he Mm -hmm. loved that. I remember watching that with him, but. It's good. It's on Netflix. It's in my queue. I should watch it again. And it's another one of those movies where it's like, it proves that Anne Hathaway can be funny. And also, (laughs) I think that this is a distinctive movie because it proves that she can do action roles, which (laughs) she will get more of in the years to come. And I think that this sort of like sets that up for her. But also in 2008 comes her first Oscar nomination with Rachel getting married, which I had not seen until like a like this week. I watched it and it is amazing. It is such a good movie. Anne Hathaway plays uh, a character who's in rehab for drugs and alcohol, and it's her sister's wedding so she like comes home to the family home in connecticut where this wedding is going to be and kind of like has to endure this wedding weekend with her family and kind of like things from her past coming up before she can eventually like go back to rehab at the end of the at the end of the weekend and she does such a good job of like playing dramatic and playing happy and being sort of funny at the same time and her family is all it's like a slightly awkward that she's there and they don't really know how to interact with her 
And there's a scene where she kind of like stands up at the rehearsal dinner and has to give a toast. And it's sort of like this rambling thing. And it's about her and it's about her sister. And and she's like laughing and crying. And and it is such good acting and like so realistic of what an actual wedding toast would be like (laughs) that I I was like... that year is an interesting Oscar year, and I was like relooking up the best actress race, and that was when Kate Winslet won for the reader that year. So it was sort of one of those competitions where it's like Kate Winslet's been nominated four times before this. Like, we're going to give it to her just because. I mean, it's basically like what happened with Leonardo and The Revenant a couple of years ago, where once somebody has been nominated enough times, if they're nominated for something that's like good, the Academy sort of feels like. You know, we just like need, they need an Oscar, like, let's give it to them. Yeah. (laughs) And so, so that was what happened with Kate Winslet that year and she won. But I think if the field hadn't have had her in there, I think Anne Hathaway could have easily won this Oscar because this movie is all her. It's like two hours of just her, like getting to do everything that you could possibly do in a movie. Like everybody should go watch it. It's, it's like mesmerizing. Also, it's by Jonathan Demme who directed The Silence of the Lambs, which is also a great movie. So, you know, win, 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 win. I didn't, I didn't watch this one, but I remember a New York Times article that was basically dedicated to her smile and they just really, this was back when the press about Anne Hathaway was good and they were saying that, you know, Hathaway comes of age and they just really loved her smile. So you should read that one. I think oh my gosh. Maybe I should identify with it. Yeah. <laughs> Another interesting hiccup in the Anne Hathaway uh, plot line this year is that so she's she's at the Oscars. She's in the front row. Hugh Jackman is hosting this year. And as part of the hosting gig, he, uh, you know, is like doing his opening song montage and he gets to the point where he's singing about Frost Nixon, which was a movie nominated for Best Picture that year. And he, like, is playing the Frost character. And then, like, halfway through the song, Anne Hathaway gets up out of her seat, gets on the stage, and sings, like, a duet with him as the Nixon character. And it was sort of, like, an iconic Oscar moment that year. And what (laughs) eventually set up her hosting the Oscars disastrously several years later. Oh, yeah. That was a moment for sure. I mean, that was in 2011 with James Franco. Uh, And I remember watching it. Like, it was painful. Oh, yeah. James Franco was a total dick during it. He had phoned it in. He looked totally high. He was not trying. And Anne Hathaway, bless her heart, was trying so hard. But it was so interesting because people still got mad at her. Like, that was sort of when the tide started changing was they thought she was too perky and they were annoyed by her. But it's like, oh, my gosh, she's sharing the stage with this dude who is, like, negative thousand. So she has to turn up her energy to, like, (laughs) double digit, like, insane perky attitude. Yeah. It was a mess. It was it was a it was a bad mess, but people really cite that when they say they hate Anne Hathaway. It was just like, ugh, remember her on stage? But James Franco doesn't get the same sort of attention for it because Anne Hathaway is just so memorable because she had to try 
so hard. She was just like tap dancing, like to save her life. You know, <laughs> yeah. it was like it, it there was, was a sad. desperation there that that was oh, like uncharted. Yeah. But she's been so good at other. Like she was so good in the the 2008 Oscars. Like, mm-hmm. not that I think they would ever ask her to host again. And sort of like why why would they? Yeah, I mean, I she, she's not a like a host in general. Yeah, you she's know, not a comedian. Yeah, like, it's not. Yeah. But I think that if, like, if you were like, okay, we're going to have Anne Hathaway and Emily Blunt host the Oscars next year, I think, like, they would do a great job. I think that she has it in her (laughs) to do well. Yeah, I know, because I remember I was so mad, too. James Franco was on, like, Howard Stern a couple weeks after the um, debacle. And Howard Stern was a was like the original half a hater. He, like, would talk about her all the time and how annoying she he thought she was. And he kind of asked James Franco, he's like, I hate Anne Hathaway. Like, people say she's, like, too earnest, too energetic. It feels forced. It feels faked. What do you think? And James effing Franco, like, was just, like, he just pulled a Justin Timberlake and was like, well, if that's what people say, like, I guess I, like, I I get it, you know? And it's like, oh, he just, like, threw her under the bus again after he was the reason the Oscars sucked so bad. I mean, I think history has proven that James Franco is a deadbeat. So, <laughs> yeah, two thousand eight, yeah, he got what he deserved. Yeah, two thousand eight. <laughs> we also got Passengers, the kind of like thriller yeah. that she was in. I never saw that. <laughs> I have nothing to say. It's okay, it's yeah. <laughs> then two thousand nine, um, Bride Wars came out, which really got a lot of flack. But I'm gonna be honest, I own this on DVD. I have no shame. It's like a guilty pleasure. <laughs> I was literally going to say the exact same thing. Like, people hate this movie, and I do not understand why. I think it's hysterical. I know. It's I mean, so it's funny. Kate Hudson, Anne Hathaway, they have great chemistry together. They have this really interesting friendship. And obviously, it's like, oh, yeah, it's catty. It's about weddings. Like, can't women be worth more in today's world? And it's like, yeah, but at the end of it, they, like, figure it out. And I, like... It's just a lot of fun to get there. I don't know. <laughs> and and Chris Pratt is in it as like the doofy boyfriend before he became like oh, yeah. hunky Chris Pratt. Candace Bergen is in it as like the wedding coordinator and she is so funny. Like there's... I don't there's... think it's Chris Pratt. Yeah. Yes, it's Chris it Pratt. Is. Anne Hathaway's like fiance that she breaks up with is Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt, Bride Wars. That is totally crazy to me. Yeah. How did she nail that? How did she get to be with the second best? She gets... One of the other Chris's. Man. Which Chris is... Okay, so then there's Chris Evans. I don't think she's been in a movie with Chris Evans. And who's the fourth Chris? Chris Hemsworth. But oh, yeah. someday I that I feel like that's yeah. that's destined <laughs> to happen. Yeah. yeah, I could see her in a Thor that movie. So crazy. She hasn't been in a in a Marvel thing. I could happen. Yeah, she has to do that the the thankless girlfriend role. But, um, and here I just like I loved it. I thought it was great. Like, yeah, it was about weddings, but it was also just like I don't know. The like I loved it. I still watch it. <laughs> Whatever. In two thousand and nine, she also did Shakespeare in the Park in New York, which uh oh, she yeah. did Twelfth Night, which is the first time that I had ever heard of Shakespeare in the Park and was a driving force behind <laughs> why I have gone to so many productions of it since I've moved here, just because like Anne Hathaway was once <laughs> on these hallowed grounds. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I think this is an interesting place to touch down on the 
on my strong support of the Anne Hathaway EGOT train. She has an Oscar and she has an Emmy and she has an amazing singing voice. I think it is only a matter of time before she's either in a movie that like soundtrack wins a Grammy or she's in a play that has a soundtrack that wins the Grammy. And then I also think that she is like, if she ever did a new musical on Broadway, like Tony in the bag. So I think the EGOT is happening. It's (laughs) just, when is it going to? Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. I, I hope that happens for you. I hope it happens (laughs) before Lin-Manuel gets his. Oh yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed. (laughs) But she moved on to her first ensemble role in Valentine's day. Uh, Did you enjoy this film? (laughs) You know, I saw, I went to see this (laughs) out of, uh, dutiful dedication to Anne, oh, yeah. and I think it it also has Emma Roberts in it. Yes, so I I was yeah. slightly on the Emma Roberts train uh-huh. by this point, but um I think she's in this one and not New Year's Eve. I get the two of them I'm mixed sure. up. But anyways, yeah. yeah, she's like she plays the like sex line caller yeah, in this. Like, oh, it's sort leader. of there's like not a lot going on here. It was, a hot, it was a hot mess of yeah. a movie. Yeah, it was all over the place. No one liked it. She's also but in she Alice was in also... Wonderland. Yeah, that yeah. yeah, which is a similar <laughs> kind of thing where there's like a lot of people. Yeah. She's the white queen. It's like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Well, she tried. She tried. But then she was in Love and Other Drugs, which was a big one. It's not really my cup of tea. Like, I'm going to be honest. You asked me to watch it, and I started it, and I kind of lost interest. But I remember hearing a lot about this. This was the same one. It came out around the same time as No Strings Attached. It's sort of this idea of an adult romance. So it's not like a romantic comedy where it fits all these little tropes and stuff. It's really about... I mean, it's it's a weird show. Doesn't because she it's like about have the cancer romance. or something? I've never seen it. Yeah, she has some sort of disease. I want to say Hodgkin's because he's remember. the doctor. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal. He's, he's not a doctor. He's a pharmaceutical rep. Oh, okay. So the first part of the movie is like he's sort of like in he's into casual sex, and then he gets hired to be a pharmaceutical rep. It's not going well, but he sees like Anne Hathaway as one of the patients during a doctor visit. He snuck into. And that's why he pursued her. And then she was like, he couldn't get it up one time. And so she's like, have you heard of Viagra? And so then the movie becomes this like journey of him charting to sell Viagra. Like it was like really weird. But then ultimately they decide they really like each other and they like live, they decide because at first he didn't want to stay with her because she was dying. And he's like, I can't handle that. But then they realize, I don't know. It was like, again, not my cup of tea, but a lot of people loved it. She got to make out with Jake Gyllenhaal again, which is always a good time, I'm sure. She got nominated (laughs) for a Golden Globe. Yeah, they both did. So it was like, it was a big deal. And um, I think people ultimately liked this one more than the competing title, No Strings Attached, which came out a couple months later. But, you know, she was topless a lot, and that's a rite of passage for female stars, I guess. Which she had already done a couple of times, because she's also topless in uh, Brokeback Mountain. So she's just really racking up those points. Uh, oh, no. In 2011, she goes back to her kids' roots in Rio, which where she also reunites with Jesse Eisenberg <laughs> from the hit show Get Real that they started for a season. 
This is yeah. We didn't mention it earlier, but she's in Hoodwinked too, which is another ant. She's done a couple oh, yeah. of animated things. Rio's I fine. Did see she's in Rio too later. Nah, that's what. Yeah, I don't know if you saw her next live action, but she was in One Day, which <laughs> I did not see this. There is something she's not great at, and that is British accents. I don't want to say all accents, but I imagine she's not great at them because she's so bad at the British one. But it was okay. It was a hard okay. It was like uh, who's the guy in this know. one? He's like a British. Is it actor, like is it Jim Sturgis? Is that who it is, or something? Sturg- the guy from Wanted and Twenty One. Is that him, or is James McAvoy in? Wanted. No, that's James McAvoy is in that, but it is Jim Sturgis. Jim Sturgis, yeah. So Jim Sturgis 21. is in this is in this one, and they play star-crossed lovers who the film takes place every on the same day every like few years. So basically, it's based on a novel, which is really good, but it's just you'll find this couple wherever they are on this one day, and you see how their lives are turning out. So she has this really iconic like crying scene in the middle of like London where she's yelling in her bad British accent like it isn't fair (laughs) and it's just like worse than that even so Uh, it's like it's okay (laughs) well but this is when it turned for her because then in 2012 she's she's in Dark Knight Rises as Catwoman and if you can imagine my excitement after uh, <laughs> Get Smart, you can only imagine the excitement level when I figured out she's going to be in the sequel to The Dark Knight. She's going to be wearing spandex. Yeah. She's going to be like falling out of windows and beating up on people. I was, I was like, I went and saw this opening night. I was enthralled by the entire thing. Like, I love this movie so much. Probably more than I should. Yeah. It's like it has the tale of two cities element going throughout the whole thing. <laughs> and Hathaway is like kicking butt. She's proving that she's an action star. Like, uh, I would watch she, this every day. I of mean, the week. Obama Obama said that she was her favorite part, that it was the best part of the movie was Catwoman. I mean So you're in good company. What's her competition? Uh Tom Hardy and his Bane mask. Also, (laughs) in this one she's with Christian Bale. So she's just really like racking up these guys. Mm -mm -mm. No wonder women hate her. Yeah. I mean, it's just like she I like rewatch because I was reading some reviews on this and everyone really did love her in this, even though there was some flack when she first got cast. But she is so talented like she should have gotten an award just for the way in that first scene where she's like playing the like oh I'm just a nervous maid like I'm so sorry I'm in yes. here like oh my mistake and then she just like switches and she's just like oops and it's just like oh my gosh like it was such a good moment she just like turns on the sex appeal like instantly and it's just like she's good she's good she's such a good actress she deserved it. 2012 she also has <laughs> Les Mis, which, yeah, she won her Oscar for it. Uh, Well-deserved that the whole, like, close-up one-take shot of where she's singing Chills. I Dreamed Dream, like, I so good. I know. I, like, I didn't love the movie. Yeah, but same. I remember when it was in theaters, I would, like, whenever I was there for another film, I would just sneak into Les Mis to hopefully catch this scene. Yes. Like, I did it multiple times because it was so 
good. I mean, spoiler alert for Les Mis, she dies rather early in the film. <laughs> so the back half then yeah. is a slog with like Eddie Redmayne and Hugh Jackman and, and dear old Russell Crowe <laughs> trying Russell to Crow, yeah. ham fist so... their way through Les Mis. But Anne yeah. Hathaway is like mesmerizing and she has the shape. Yeah. She shaved her head for the role. She lost weight <laughs> for the role. Like, like well-deserved yeah. Oscar win for this. I, in well, my opinion. so this is like, this was the heart of it. Like everyone got so bothered by how she was shutted out, like for promotions of this film, she's in for 20 minutes and she's just talking about how, like I get, I get kind of annoyed when, Actors are like talking about the auteur, like they're just like, oh, I just felt for this character, like I became Fontaine, and I just like had her insecurities. Like I'm like, I I don't get acting, but that seems like a little dramatic to me. <laughs> but she would talk a lot about like the trauma of the role and like how she was living off of granola bars for like a year to lose weight, and everyone was so worried about her health. So that was when. People were like, mm, like, stop talking about it, you know? But it's interesting because Hugh Jackman was talking about the same thing. Everyone was asking him about it, and she just came across a little too, I don't know, like whiny or mopey about it for people's taste. But it was, like, interesting to see the promo cycle for this film because you could start to tell the, like, not only that she was stressed from making this film, which turned out to be a huge, like, mental anxious experience for her, but she knew people didn't like her. And I think that's just like so sad. And it's just like really hurtful that people can like feel that and like forget these, these are humans too. But it was a crazy time. And well, and it shows because in the like her next couple years, there's like it's very sparse. There's not a lot. In 2013, oh, yeah. the only movie she's in is this movie Don John, which is which I just watched. <laughs> it's um, Joseph Gordon Levitt's like directorial debut yeah. teaming up after they were such a hit combo in havoc that they decided to come back for dungeon <laughs> but anne hathaway is we basically joseph gordon levitt and scarlett johansson are the leads and they go to see a movie and it's a rom-com and like the characters <laughs> in the movie are anne hathaway and channing tatum and that's all that she's in in this movie so it's maybe like a yeah. minute not there at all. <laughs> yeah. And then she did some indie romance called Song One, which is very just like, I mean, it's derivative. It's schmaltzy. It's like she, her brother goes into a coma and she tries to get close to him by like revisiting his old haunts and meets this like small time acoustic, just a small time artist, like musician. And they start to hit it off. And it was just like, okay, cool. Like it was fine. When I was looking up her film, filmography for this podcast this was the one movie that i was like i have never heard of this like i have like and this came (laughs) out in 2014 like i should have been well aware Mm -hmm. if there was an anne hathaway movie but i guess like her husband produced it or something so i think she sort of like dutifully was in it and then it didn't get released i it only had a six million dollar budget and it did not earn back like half of that so i don't think it really like was in theaters at all and this is when she was sorry she was like in a hiding yeah she didn't really want to do press she really was avoiding it yeah yeah she's in like rio 2 again but like that's just a voice role the really the next big thing that she does is she's in another christopher nolan movie interstellar which is it's not like a she's kind of like a supporting role i guess i mean it's a long movie but i don't know i don't really remember her like standing out very much yeah she's like one of the astronauts but the main astronauts are obviously matthew mcconaughey and jessica chastain so she's like in there, she's kind of plays this bitter character. 
But what was interesting was this is when this was her first big role after the Oscars. And it set a precedent where everyone asked her about the half the haters movement. Yeah. And like literally she had like a cover story where they're like, we're just going to really address it. And she had to like talk about it, which is like the suckiest thing to do. Yeah. Right. Is like talk about why people hate you. But I mean, she admitted that like during the Lamez press tour, she didn't feel like herself. She was being fake. She was like trying to convince herself she was happy. She was in a good headspace, but she was actually dealing with a lot of anxiety, a lot of like personal trauma. Like it was just like, and so it's sad, like hearing her be like, well, I was being fake, but not because I wanted an Oscar. It was because actually I was really in a bad headspace. So thanks for making it worse by making me avoid the internet for two years. I mean, it's just like set a precedent where now, even today, like in her latest film, whenever she's interviewed, it all comes back to, hey, people really didn't like you, huh? Like, should we talk about that? And it's just sort of sad. Yeah, yeah. I think I was listening to a podcast uh, that had her on it while she was promoting Colossal, which was, I think, like, two yeah. years ago and she sort of said like yeah i i went away she also had a baby at some point in this like span mm-hmm. of year like she got married she had a kid and she was like yeah i just sort of had to like be gone and realize that that i like i didn't care what other people said and then she also said which right. i thought was an interesting point was that like she had been like very negative towards herself and how she felt like if she had been so negative toward herself that gave other people permission to be and that in like this yeah. process of kind of like going away that she realized realized how she could love herself and then that is sort of um like been her guiding light moving forward so hopefully she's in the clear kind of like right. through this as <laughs> much like, as possible move on. yeah <laughs> But she was also, after Interstellar, she was in The Intern, which was a fun return to just like a warm-hearted comedy starring Robert De Niro. And I really was surprised by how just like sweet and tender this movie was. It was a really refreshing piece of (laughs) film to watch in those years. See, this is like, of all of Anne Hathaway's movies, (laughs) I think that this is probably like the one I feel like she's the worst in or that I just did not like at all. I mean, I... And believe me, like when I went to see this, I was like very (laughs) invested in, like I wanted to like it a lot. And I just felt like she didn't really... She's kind of like the... Like the overworked boss, straight, and yeah. and Robert De Niro was really like kind of cute and fun in the movie, but it wasn't. I don't know. I w- oh, I wanted more for I her. I thought it was just so tender. It was just like, and it was just so nice because it wasn't like about romance really. It was just like realizing that two totally different people could be friends, and like they just had each other's back. It was so. Aww. so nice. I mean, and it's one of the few of her recent films I've seen because I definitely skipped the Alice sequel. Yeah, Alice did look best. I also did not see that. I was like, yeah, ah, I was the like, first uh, one was whatever. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but then it was, the. this is like one of my favorite films she's ever done, which was um, Colossal. I feel like this, this was an indie film, so I don't think a lot of people mm-hmm. saw it. But I really feel like this yeah, movie okay. was her like comeback movie. In that, like, Interstellar and The Intern were sort of, like, whatever movies. Where this, she was playing, like, this drunk woman who, like, loses her job, moves home, and realizes that there's, like, some sort of connection between her and this, like, Godzilla-type monster in that's attacking yes. Tokyo. And, so, I, like, yes. this is a really, like, fun 
plot movie, so I don't want to spoil it because it's like so it watching it it takes like a couple of different turns that are just so fantastic but she does such a good job acting she gets to be funny she gets to be dramatic it like this is everything that you want in an Anne Hathaway movie and and I think that people watching this were like why did we not like her like like she's really good (laughs) in this like let's get back on the bandwagon with her That's exactly what happened. It's sort of annoying. It's like they're not even aware of the machine they're a part of because the articles are like from the same people who wrote articles about why do we hate Anne Hathaway? They're now like, why did we hate Anne Hathaway? And it's just like, guys, just stop and think about what you're saying. But I love this movie. I knew I would just from the talk about it. And it is sort of like this quirky sci-fi thing. I love sci-fi. But ultimately, it's like a very feminist movie very interesting film about toxic masculinity like I think it does a lot of things in such an interesting way that it is a fun one to watch but it's definitely not as mainstream as some of her other ones yeah and the goodwill just continued because this summer she was in Ocean's (laughs) 8 a movie which I think met like middling responses some people liked it i think there was a lot of like why are you remaking the oceans movies and a lot of like (laughs) well this isn't quite as good as like oceans 11 but almost unanimously everyone was like anne hathaway is phenomenal in this she plays the rich like celebrity woman who they're trying to steal the necklace from and she just has like yeah just great like comedic timing yes. just the physicality of the way she moves her hands and cocks her eyebrows like it's just like she is mesmerizing to watch on screen which is crazy when she's competing with you know Kate Blanchett, Blanchett and Sandra Bullock Sandra Bullock, Bullock and, like, Helena Bonham Carter Rihanna. yeah <laughs> but she really just like stands out which is crazy and she really like proved again like she constantly has to prove herself which is so annoying but she proved that she is funny. She is like talented and she can fit like the mainstream movies as well. Right. And I mean, I I know that there are a lot of like big Oscar movies coming out and Anne Hathaway's name is not in the conversation this year at all. <laughs> but like the role is so funny and she does such a good job with it that I'm like, can we like throw her a Golden Globe nomination or something? <laughs> like she's just so good. <sighs> I appreciate your support for your favorite artist. I just don't know if that is in the stars at all. I mean, it's not. It 100% (laughs) isn't. But it's one of those things like when you see some of the other people who are like in conversation. I mean, this happens every year at Oscar time where I'm like, oh, like, really? We're going to like nominate this person like this role is whatever. And then there's these like kind of good roles in movies that you that aren't Oscar movies that I'm like, oh, I wish somebody would just like think outside the box and be like, wasn't Anne Hathaway really good in that? Like, doesn't she deserve something for it? Yeah. Her, she has <laughs> yeah. a couple movies lined up in the, in the, you know, process of being made. Her, she has a movie with Matthew McConaughey coming out early next year called Serenity, which is like some kind of thriller that takes place on a boat. Like there's a body on a boat or something. Oh, yes. And I this remember. combination of Matthew McConaughey, I think has, has led people to be like, remember when we had the McConaughey and it was like, we didn't like Matthew McConaughey and then we liked him again and we gave him an Oscar. Like maybe this is what's happening for Anne Hathaway (laughs) where we're like, we didn't like her. Now she's coming off of two good movies. 
presumably she's also good in this. Like maybe this is leading towards like uh, <laughs> a rising star with her again. One can only hope, you know? And I think that's the thing is like, I can see like when she got on Instagram, I remember she posted this video in support of Beyonce's Lemonade. And it was really like cringy for me. It was sort of secondhand embarrassment. I was like, oh, and I think the more I've studied Anne Hathaway, I've realized like, I don't know if she's great at like the celebrity part of being a celebrity. But if we were to meet like IRL, I think I'd really get along with her. I think she's really well spoken. She's thoughtful. She cares about the same things I care about. She's an outspoken feminist. She cares about political issues. And I think she's trying really hard to be that like support system for stars, for rising stars, for people. She's constantly retweeting, reposting, like showing support for people in a way that she never got necessarily. And so I think it's like people think she's too earnest. They think she's too embarrassing. But I think she really just doesn't translate well into like our short and pithy, like, I don't know, instant gratification type of world now because she is so thoughtful and like, and present and like she wants to have careful conversations and thoughtful conversations so it's interesting to see her kind of grapple with existing in celebrity culture when she really doesn't fit in really yeah she's maybe just like a smidge too earnest for like the twitter sphere (laughs) yeah yeah we're all too cynical for her we're like get out of here but so like looking at her whole career like if you had to pick out like a couple favorite movies or a couple favorite performances, like what would be at the top of your list? Oh, I definitely think Colossal. I love that. I think I'm one of the, it is a weird movie, so it's like hard to recommend to people, but it really (laughs) worked for me. Um, I also just, I never miss a chance to like rewatch the princess diaries Uh, but so i guess just the the first and the last you know they just really work for me i was at a a, um in college i was on like the orientation board is what it's called and it's like the group of people who move in the freshmen and some (laughs) some poor poor person who wasn't thinking ahead put me and one of my good friends on the duty of like standing by the doors for this like picnic that we were having and welcoming (laughs) all of these like freshmen and their family to the picnic and we literally Mm -hmm. for like 40 minutes just like shouted princess diary quotes at the people as they walked in we (laughs) said like thank you for being here today but we were also being like like, hey, 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 not you. I don't even know you. And like just shouting all <laughs> kinds of like strange things at these people who I think were like very taken aback. But it was, it's like one yeah. of the best memories it's I have from college. Them. Just these like traumatized moms <laughs> and freshmen as I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The queen is coming yeah. to Grove High School. <laughs> wow, you were such a cool kid. Yeah, I had a lot of friends, guys. <laughs> Uh, so what's your favorite Anne Hathaway performance I mean I feel like the Rachel getting married performance is so good she's doing everything that she like is able to in that where she's funny and she's dramatic and she's uh, you know just like pulling it all together and it's I think it's a really good master class in Anne Hathaway as far as like favorite Mm -hmm. movies go yeah I love Colossal love Princess Diaries love The Devil Wears Prada you know, get smart is always going to be near and dear <laughs> to my heart. And and if I can have like a favorite 
you know, I love bad movies. And now that I've found the like great <laughs> bad movie that Anne Hathaway is in in Havoc, like I will probably watch that again with people at some point just because oh of gosh. the travesty that it is. It's so it's it's so bizarre. Like you really should watch it some night, Shelby. Like it's it's a sight (laughs) to behold. Yeah, maybe Joseph Gordon Levitt is just like uh uh it is something. So yeah, I mean, thank you, Shelby, for like joining me in this journey (laughs) through all of Anne Hathaway's movies. Of course, yeah, it made me revisit my turmoil through the 2013 months when I was like, why are people being so mean? So um, I'm always glad to stand up for for Annie. <laughs> and Annie's birthday is tomorrow, which I we did not like <laughs> plan this, but I saw uh, online, you know, that her birthday is November 12th and we're know. recording this on the 11th. So happy birthday, Anne, you know, wherever you are. I hope you're living your best <laughs> life with your little baby. Also, this is a side point. She named her child Jonathan, <laughs> which I think is just like. Like, so, so normal. normal and great for a celebrity to be like, <laughs> I'm just going to name my kid a, like, name that I like that is a normal person name. I'm not going to try to come up with some yeah. friggin' weird Kardashian name. Like, good for you, Anne. Just makes you like you even more that you have a child named whoa, Jonathan. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't, have to, we don't have to pit women against each other, Matt. People can name their babies what they want. I mean, it's know? not just women. I'm sure the are men fine. are also involved in the... Well, maybe not with the Kardashians, but like... If you don't think that men were involved in some of them other weird baby names, like, you know, Brad Pitt was involved in all of his weird kids. Well, I'll have you know, Kanye was 100% responsible for all of Kim Kardashian's baby names. So, I mean, I like Chicago. Chicago West is a good name. I'll (laughs) I'll say that. But um, but we're getting into the weeds. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so excited. Mostly what this episode has made me excited for is, well, one, Serenity when it comes out in January, and which we are definitely going to have to cover now. But also, (laughs) I'm excited for when your birthday comes around, Shelby, in the spring. I know. I'm trying to. Yeah. I'm interested to see who you choose. And now I'm already thinking ahead to like next November. Who will I pick for the second (laughs) inaugural Matthew's birthday podcast? I know. It's exciting. I'm glad we got to do this. And I'm happy we got to talk about the the key to your sexual awakening. Yes. uh, Get smart. Yeah. We really just learned so much about you this episode. Yes, more than you wanted to know. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's okay. But if you uh, if you want to, if you feel generous and you're like, oh, it's Matthew's birthday, like what should we do as a gift to him? <laughs> you could leave a review for the podcast or go follow yes, us on social please. media. Yes, we look forward to it. We're at PS You're Wrong on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, email, gmail and we're on every major podcast app so you can find us wherever you'd like yes so uh i think in conclusion i would just like to say to all (laughs) of the members who have listened to this thank you for being here today (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) okay yeah we're we're done yeah (laughs) let's wrap this one up (laughs) 